If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft, we're going to be talking about Skyward Sword HD. Don't worry, no spoilers. And I'm going to talk about what's going on with the Steam Deck, which Valve unveiled on the day when OLED switches were finally available for pre-order. If all that sounds good to you, make sure you click on the buttons down below. Let's get started. Let's start by talking about Zelda Skyward Sword HD. And if you're worried about spoilers, don't worry about it. The most that I'm going to talk about is perhaps items that you might find in the first couple of hours of the game, as well as mechanics. But there's not going to be any talk of puzzles or any boss spoilers or anything like that where you have to worry that I'm going to ruin something for you if you've never played this game before. Now, some might say, Bill, if you're listening to a Nintendo podcast, chances are you've probably already played Skyward Sword back when it came out on the Wii. And that's a fair point, but you would also probably be surprised to find out that I never finished Skyward Sword on the Wii. Now, of course, if you're a member of our community and hearing me say that I never finished a game, that's not a shocker to you, but it's a Zelda game. So that actually is kind of a shocker because Zelda games are my favorite games. And my favorite game of all time is Breath of the Wild, a Zelda game. So the fact that I never finished Skyward Sword might need a tiny bit of explanation. Now, if you've heard this story before, don't worry, I'm going to keep it real quick. And if you haven't heard the story before, ask me sometime on a live stream. I'll tell you all about it. Um, I was on the elliptical. I was working out. My daughter came in. She said, hey, dad, I'm going to go for a run. And I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to go with you. So we went running down the road. We made it about a mile before I fell and broke my elbow. This was back when I was playing Skyward Sword. And because it was a waggle game, I couldn't play any game I couldn't play it anymore so because of that I never finished it eventually I you know by the time I was healed after a year of physical therapy I said well I don't know that I want to get back into the game and so all that time has passed and I never finished the game so I didn't get very far in Skyward Sword the first time around so first off you don't have to worry about spoilers for me because I don't know anything I'm at this point in Skyward Sword HD probably about four hours into it, although some of those hours were basically I left the game paused while I was trying to buy a Steam Deck. More more info on that later. And I, I beat the first dungeon. And I have to say, this game is amazing. It's so good. And I remember really, really enjoying it when I was playing it the first time around in spite of the terrible waggle controls. And, you know, you might say, all right, Bill, well, I like the waggle controls, and that's fine. We don't always have to agree on everything. I don't like that kind of motion control. I prefer motion control that is assistive, where, you know, you use the gyroscope to aim or something like that. But full-on, like, swinging your sword and, like, a, quote-unquote, one-to-one input method 
it just never really worked well for me. So that's why I never went back to Skyward Sword because of the waggle. Well, now I'm able to play it without the waggle, just using buttons. Let's talk about that for a second. So how does the game work without the waggle? Well, for those of you that don't know, Skyward Sword had enemies that you have to attack with vertical attacks or horizontal attacks or diagonal attacks. How do you do that on a controller when it's when the game was designed around motion controls? Well, you use your right thumbstick. So then the question is asked, well, how do you control the camera? For the most part, you don't have to control the camera. The game was designed around uh, the fact that you didn't have a right thumbstick at all. And if you wanted to, to control the camera, you just face Link in a direction, hit the ZL button, and the camera snaps behind him. However, in this version, you can control the camera by holding down the L button and using the right, joy, the right joystick in order to look around. It works really well, although I find myself going to move the camera out of habit and not hitting that button. And then Link is walking around with a sword out all the time, which I was playing this morning and I was going through a dungeon and it occurred to me that Link is just scared. He's never been on an adventure like this before. And he's he's terrified. So he, he's got his his uh, his sword out all the time just in case. And that's that's how I kind of put things together in my in my in my head cannon in order to justify me constantly accidentally pulling the sword out when I don't actually mean to. But uh, I have to say the controls are great. Um, if you want to do like Link's signature spin attack, you just go back and forth a couple of times with the uh, right joystick and he'll do it. Um, if you didn't know, Link has like this kill attack where if you knock an enemy down, they'll land on their back and then you can jump up into the air and stab them. It's really cool attack. And in order to do it, you just wiggle the right, um, the right joystick up and down instead of left and right. Uh, so overall, I think the controls just are, they're perfect. I'm really, really enjoying it. Now let's talk about one thing about the controls that I noticed. There, it, as you play the game, you're going to unlock an item, and that item it, it allows you to uh, basically be separated from Link and look around on the map. And that's really all I'm going to say, or not the map, but the the area that you're in. And that's all I'm going to say about it. In order to control this remote control device, I fully expected to be able to steer using gyro now you can aim with gyro but you can't steer this this um remote with gyro and i feel like that's it's weird to me because it that kind of thing makes perfect sense just you know you launch the device and then you just use the controller to kind of steer things around i think that that would have been perfect but you can't do that and i went into the to the settings and there's nothing in there for you to really figure out Secondly, uh, another issue with the controls is in this game, you can get on a bird and fly. And this should not be a huge surprise to anybody who's not played the game because, and even if it is, you know, it happens in the first few minutes of the game. So I'm not too, too worried about that spoiler. But in this game, you can hop on the back of a bird and you can fly. And the issue is, is that whenever I was flying, I felt like I wanted to have the controls inverted, but I didn't want them inverted when I am 
controlling Link on the ground. And it's either, it's an all or nothing thing. You either completely invert them or you don't completely invert them. And I found that to be kind of irritating too. But those two things, like that's, I mean, look, I'm a few hours into the game, so I'm, I haven't obviously finished it yet, but I'm like really struggling to find problems with this game. It's so good. The, let's talk about the graphics for a second. This is a beautiful game. I don't remember exactly what it looked like when I was playing it on the Wii. And I'm sure that at the time I thought this is a beautiful game. But what they've, like, it is really, really pretty. Now, of course, the models are, like, they don't have that many triangles uh, in your in your actual models. So things look a little blocky. And some of the textures don't really land well. Like, I've seen a couple statues where I'm like, all right, well, Link looks fantastic. But this statue here looks super blocky and terrible. They should have updated that model in order to make it look better. Or the texture to make it look better. I, I don't know. I'm not a game designer. I don't know how hard that is, but um, some stuff doesn't look great and other stuff just looks beautiful. And I have to say, this is where Nintendo nails it. Like every single time is their art direction. The art direction that Nintendo gives to their games makes the graphics of those games hold up Years and years and years later. I mean, like, let's take a look at another Zelda game, Wind Waker. It is one of the most beautiful games that I have ever played in my life. It's gorgeous. And it's a GameCube game. And I'm not even talking about, like, the remake. The GameCube version is a beautiful game. And it's because Nintendo chooses to go not for a realistic visual approach, but instead for something that will will last something that will always look good i mean sure you're going to be playing a game this year and that game's visuals are going to blow you away because it looks so damn real but then fast forward 10 years you're going to look at screenshots of that game or video from that game and you're going to be like oh my god i can't believe i thought this was was amazing i can't believe that i thought this looked good because what we have now is so much better so skyward sword hd is gorgeous i love the art direction and i love that everything kind of looks like a like a watercolor pastel painting it's just gorgeous let's talk about the streamlining um in 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 zelda games it's it's very typical for nintendo to tell you what a blue rupee is over and over and over again it it, you pick up a blue rupee and it's like hey this is worth a bunch of rupees And you're like, all right, that's cool. And then the 88th time that you pick up a blue rupee, it says, hey, this is worth a bunch of rupees. And you're like, I don't care anymore. Stop interrupting me. That's gone. Like, you're not constantly interrupted when you pick up these items that you've already picked up. And I know that Nintendo had already told us about that, but I really, really appreciate that about the game. Now, on Friday, I did a live stream of the game over on my YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast on your podcast player of choice, uh, head on over to nerdnest.tv, click on the subscribe button, turn on the bell so you get notified when I do a live stream. During that live stream, I had a bunch of people who had said Breath of the Wild is the only Zelda that I've ever played or I've never played a Zelda before. And it got me thinking as I was playing the very beginning of um, Skyward Sword HD 
that this game is going to be a huge shock to a lot of people because this is a far more traditional Zelda than Breath of the Wild was. With Breath of the Wild, in the very beginning, you have like a cutscene. When that cutscene's over, you're off to the races. You can just go wherever you want and figure things out. This is cutscene, tiny little get a bit of gameplay, another long cutscene, another tiny little bit of gameplay. Like I said, it's a more traditional Zelda. This is more like the other Zeldas than Breath of the Wild is. Breath of the Wild has far more in common with the first Zelda than any of the other Zeldas do. And because of that, it's going to shock some people. And I would say, even though the story is interesting in Skyward Sword HD, especially because I've never finished it before, so I get to relearn all of this stuff, I found the interruptions to be jarring and irritating when I just wanted to get into a dungeon and go looking for an item and then use that item to defeat the dungeon boss and move on to the next... Like, that's what I was really looking forward to. And it takes... I would say probably an hour or maybe two hours before you actually get past all of what what my son and I used to refer to as talkiness at the very beginning. Like a lot of times he would sit down, he like he's, he would see me playing a Zelda game and he'd be like, I want to play that Zelda game. I'm like, all right, cool. Here you go. Play it. And he'd get to the beginning and it's like talk, 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 talk. And he loses interest because it's just nonstop chattering at you in stopping you from actually playing. Breath of the Wild got rid of all of that stuff. Well, it's all back in Skyward Sword HD. Now, I'm sure that moving forward, the Zelda games are going to be more like Breath of the Wild and less like this. I can see how some people would say that this is bad. And I don't think it's bad, but I can see how some people would say it. It's just different. And it's... Going from Breath of the Wild to Skyward Sword HD is jarring. It's so strange to now play a game that is like a traditional Zelda when I got used to Breath of the Wild, where the the game just gets out of your way and lets you explore. This does not get out of your way. It interrupts your exploration nonstop for the first hour or so. After that, then you get time to explore. Like Once you get to the open world open world is in quotes here um you're able to do more exploration and there's less chatterbox interrupting you all of the time so just keep that in mind if you're going to play this game it's far more like the old zelda games and very little like sky uh, like breath of the wild although there are definitely things in this game that clearly inspired breath of the wild like the stamina gauge like the um uh, like the breaking of like shields. So like that can happen. So, you know, you have to be careful of that. Um, let's t- take a second and talk about the Amiibo. So the Amiibo, which I don't have, by the way, the Amiibo basically allows you to, in the middle of a dungeon, you use the Amiibo and it zaps you back to town where you can then buy things and then use it again. It puts you right back where you were. This is really cool but man i really kind of i like i don't want the amiibo i think it looks cool but i have no attachment to it so i don't want to have yet another thing cluttering up my shelves but on the other hand like when you're in a dungeon and your shield breaks or you run out of your health potion 
and you're like, oh, I got to go back to town for that. Now I got to go back and find a thing in order to, like, I got to leave the dungeon, go back to town, come back to the uh, the the world, and then go back in the dungeon, get back to where I like. It's it's this big twelve step process to you know get that potion or repair your shield or whatever. And I think that. I really wish that was not locked behind an amiibo. That's really kind of frustrating. But overall, I would say Skyward Sword HD is just fantastic, and I'm having a blast with it. I know I spent some time complaining about it, but those are tiny little nitpicks in an otherwise incredibly good game. Now, I've seen a lot of people tweeting about this and saying, oh, look at Nintendo reselling us an old game for $60, and... I do understand where those people are coming from. And what I would say to those people is if you've played this game before and you finished this game, I don't buy it. If you're, if you're not okay with it, then don't buy it. Tell, that's how you tell Nintendo that you're not okay with it is if Skyward Sword doesn't uh, sell very well. I am having a blast. So I don't mind spending $60 on a game that I already spent $60 on. Honestly, I probably spent more than $60 because the original one that I bought came with like a music CD of all things. And um, I'm I'm sure that that was like a collector's edition that I had to spend extra money on, but I don't remember because it was forever ago. Uh, But I'm okay spending $60 on uh, Skyward Sword HD because I'm having a lot of fun. And if you're not okay with it, you're not wrong. It's not like there's a right or a wrong answer here. It's either you're okay with it, in which case throw your money at Nintendo and buy it again, or you're not okay with it, in which case don't and send them a message. Um, but, you know, you don't have to complain about it all the time. All right, let's talk about the Steam Deck for a little tiny bit. Now, if you haven't heard of this, the Steam Deck is basically a portable computer that looks like a Nintendo Switch made by Valve, the company behind Steam, the online store store. Uh, the people that made Half-Life and Portal. And if you don't know these games, it's probably because you're primarily a Nintendo Switch gamer. And this is not stuff you've really dealt with before. But they're a big deal. Uh, Valve is a very, very big deal in the gaming industry. And there's a lot of people asking this question. Is the Steam Deck a competitor to the Switch? And if I'm not going to go into big detail here, if you want to know more about it, I guarantee that on my YouTube channel, I will have at least one, maybe two videos about the Steam Deck. But I just want to talk about the comparisons with the Nintendo Switch. So first off, we got to talk about the timing of this release. Um, Nintendo on uh, Thursday said, hey, everybody, you're going to be able to pre-order your Switch OLED model today. And I put out a bonus podcast so that I could tell everybody as soon as I could so that people could do it. And then on the same day that the OLED model was up for (laughs) pre-order, on the same day, Valve, almost at the same time, Valve announced the Steam Deck, this portable PC that looks like a Nintendo Switch with a base price of $400. 
which is only $50 more than the OLED switch. And there's a lot of people out there who are making this comparison. And of course they are. They're both portable devices, portable gaming devices. Uh, They're very close in price. And the Steam Deck is miles ahead of the Nintendo Switch in terms of power. In terms of power. And I've seen a million people tweet, and I probably did at some point myself, Nintendo didn't want to make a Switch Pro, so Valve said, all right, I'll do it myself. And that kind of rings true, except for the fact that you cannot play Nintendo games on this. And of course, there's going to be somebody... Uh, either in the comment sections on YouTube or, you know, sending me an email and they're going to say, wow, but you can, Bill, you could load up some Switch emulator and be able to do it that way. I'm not talking about that. This doesn't play Nintendo games. And there's, there's there's this Venn diagram of the gaming industry when it comes to portable gaming, handheld gaming. And I think that there is definitely some overlap between the Steam Deck and the Nintendo Switch. However, they don't overlap as much as people believe they do. And here's why. If you were to ask the average Nintendo user why they buy a Nintendo Switch, a lot of them will say, well, I buy it for um, indie games and Nintendo games. And the Switch does wonderful with that if you were to say all right well what if you could pay fifty dollars more and play like triple a games which of course you can play triple a games on the switch by the way right doom doom eternal um apex legends like there's plenty of triple a titles on the switch but i'm just going to make the argument that other people are going to say what if you want had a handheld for fifty dollars more that could play these other AAA games that the Switch otherwise can't do, but you can't play Nintendo games on them, I would say a majority of Nintendo Switch owners would say, well, I want to be able to play the Nintendo games, so I'm not going to buy that thing. But there would be some people who'd say, well, I mean, I play those games on my PC. My PC is for that. So I don't need this portable device. But then there would also be people who would say, well, my PC is for that, but I would love to be able to take my games on the go. And that's why I have a Nintendo Switch. But if I could take my games on the go, I don't need a Nintendo Switch. So there's like a bunch of different answers to this question, and none of those answers are wrong. There's room for both of these devices in the market. They are aimed at different people. Is there some overlap between them? Absolutely. I'm one of them. I interrupted my Skyward Sword stream in order to reserve my Steam Deck. Uh, I sat there playing Zelda on one screen, and then I had the store for Valve open on the other screen, and I kept trying to refresh in order to buy my spot in line in order to purchase this thing. So what are my final thoughts on the Steam Deck in relation to Nintendo? I think that this is an incredibly good thing. Here's why. The Steam Deck is more powerful than the Nintendo Switch. Now, I haven't been in any Nintendo's meetings, but it is possible that they were sitting there and they were like, well, yeah, we could put out a Switch Pro that's more powerful. 
But do we need to? I mean, we've sold 80 million of these things. They're flying off the shelves. We can't keep them in stock. Why should we make a more powerful version right now when people are buying it anyway? And that's a valid argument. Well, now there's competition. Now, Nintendo has to think about, well, we've got that that the Steam Deck to worry about because that's more powerful than ours. So maybe this will push Nintendo to increase the power of the Nintendo Switch. Is it going to happen anytime soon? I don't think so. Will it happen sooner than it would have otherwise happened? I think that's definitely a possibility. But Nintendo isn't going to turn around tomorrow in response to the Steam Deck's announcement and be like, oh, by the way, uh, here's the Switch Pro that everybody's been talking about. Now, some might be wondering, why didn't we get a Switch Pro? Why did we get the OLED Switch instead? And there's rumors, and take these with a grain of salt, but there's rumors that Nintendo was designing a Switch Pro, but they couldn't get the chips that they needed for the Switch Pro. And so they decided... You know, the Switch Pro was going to have an OLED display. It was going to have this. It was going to have that. And it was going to be more powerful. But Nintendo said, well, we can't get those chips. They're too hard to get right now. What if we just release an uh, an OLED Switch and see what people do? That's definitely a possibility. But now that we've got the Steam Deck out there saying, hey, look, Nintendo, it is possible to make something this powerful in this form factor. That's definitely something that Nintendo has to be thinking about, whether they admit it or not. Now, the last thing that I will say about the this is the form factor. Um, the Steam Deck is almost twice as heavy as the Nintendo Switch. When I got the Switch, the first thing that I noticed was, ooh, this thing's kind of heavy feeling. It's It's got some heft to it. So I wonder how good the actual experience of the Steam Deck will be if it's that much heavier than the Nintendo Switch. Anyway, let me know what you guys think of uh, Skyward Sword HD and the Steam Deck in the description down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure that you get a hold of me on Twitter and, of course, check out the YouTube channel as well. And finally, uh, if you want to know more about the Steam Deck, I've got videos on the YouTube channel probably by now uh, that you can check out. Thanks for watching or listening. I will see you next time. Stay awesome, everybody.